This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg, reporting from the state capitol in Tallahassee, where the holidays are over and it's about to hit the fan. The 2020 legislative session begins in just eight days. Oh, joy. President and Florida man Donald Trump defends his decision to kill an Iranian general with a drone strike. During an appearance at a Florida megachurch, he also said the Democrats who impeached him are crazy. A Florida law that says local officials can be removed from office for passing any law limiting gun rights is under fire at a Tallahassee appeals court. Opponents of the Energy Choice Amendment that might appear on the ballot in November are asking the Secretary of State to disqualify thousands of signatures collected by the group. They claim those people who signed the petitions were deceived and now oppose the amendment. Happy New Year to the Florida Panthers, or what's left of them. They're the official state animal, and one of the cats is officially roadkill in Hendry County. Its body was discovered the day after New Year's, the first panther fatality of the new year. We'll also have your calendar of events for the day and close out with our tribute to Florida Man, who can take a punch from a 74-year-old crooner by the name of Rod Stewart. Let's just say it wasn't his greatest hit. So wake up, Maggie. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predict It is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predict It beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, January 6th, 2020. Donald Trump defends his decision to take out an Iranian general in Iraq with a drone strike. During appearances at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach and a megachurch in Miami, the president said he was not trying to start a war with Iran, but... At my direction, the United States military executed a flawless strike that terminated the terrorist ringleader responsible for gravely wounding and murdering thousands and thousands of people and hundreds and hundreds, at least, of Americans. Qasem Soleimani has been killed and his bloody rampage is now forever gone. We are a peace-loving nation. And my administration remains firmly committed to establishing peace and harmony among the nations in the world. We do not seek war. We do not seek nation building. We do not seek regime change. But as president, I will never hesitate to defend the safety of the American people, you. So let this be a warning to terrorists. If you value your own life, You will not threaten the lives of our citizens. Critics are describing that drone strike as an assassination and an act of war by the United States. Iran is promising to retaliate, and 3,000 more American soldiers are being sent in harm's way. When they arrive, we'll have a total of more than 70,000 active-duty military personnel stationed in 11 different countries in the Middle East. Iraq's parliament is now calling on the U.S. to remove all 6,000 troops from their country. Iran State TV has also announced that their country will no longer abide by any limits set in the 2015 nuclear deal. In response, Florida Senator Rick Scott issued a statement saying the general, Soleimani, was responsible for the deaths and maimings of tens of thousands of people. But he went on to say that enough American blood has been spilled in deserts halfway around the world. 
Senator Marco Rubio defended the drone strike, saying it was not an assassination because the general was killed on the battlefield during active operations. He claimed Soleimani was in Iraq on a terrorist mission, but did not give any details. The drone strike wasn't the only thing on the president's mind during his speech at what was billed as the launch of Evangelicals for Trump. The weekend rally at a Miami megachurch was announced shortly after the newspaper, founded by the late Billy Graham, Christianity Today, published an editorial saying the president should be removed from office. But Trump says God has his back. And I really do believe we have God on our side. I believe that. I believe that. We're protecting, or there would have been no way we could have won, right? People said, how do you win? You don't have the media. You have so many things against you. And we win. So there has to be something. Trump dismissed his impeachment by the U.S. House of Representatives by describing his opponents as crazy. He also repeated the claim he did nothing wrong in his negotiations with Ukraine when he withheld hundreds of millions of dollars in military aid in hopes of convincing the government in Kiev to announce an investigation into Joe Biden and his son. We're going to defeat the radical Washington Democrats and we are going to take back the House. We're going to hold the Senate and, of course, we're going to keep the White House. And if we take back the House, and you see how crazy these people are. These people are crazy. There's no crime. There's no nothing. I said, read the transcripts. They don't want to read them. Totally partisan. Never happened. Anything like this. They couldn't beat you, so they voted against you. Think of it, how bad it is, how sick it is. It wasn't supposed to be that way. That last quote, it wasn't supposed to be that way, is one of those rare statements where the president's supporters and opponents can agree, but for entirely different reasons. A legal fight over gun rights is taking shape at the First District Court of Appeal in Tallahassee. The issue is a law passed nine years ago that says local officials who vote to impose new restrictions on firearms can be fined $5,000 and removed from office. Cities, counties, and local elected officials challenged those penalties after the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School almost two years ago. A Tallahassee judge has already ruled that parts of the law are unconstitutional, so the NRA, the governor, and the state attorney general are appealing the decision. On the other side, you have the state agriculture commissioner, the Florida League of Cities, 30 individual cities, the Florida Association of Counties, the League of Women Voters, Equality Florida, and two national gun control groups. The National Rifle Association claims the penalties in that law are necessary because local officials have repeatedly violated a 1987 state law that preempts any local gun restrictions. But a joint brief filed last week by the League of Cities and the Association of Counties says those penalties would eradicate centuries of history and tradition, guaranteeing the immunities afforded to legislators at every level of government. Backers of the Energy Choice Amendment have collected most of the signatures they need to make the ballot in November, but there's a group that opposes that proposition and wants thousands of petitions thrown out because of fraud. Christopher Guzman is chairman of Floridians for Truth. He accuses the Citizens for Energy Choice organization of gathering signatures under false pretenses by misleading voters. Backers of the amendment claim it will lower utility rates, create more jobs, and increase the amount of renewable energy in Florida. But Guzman says those claims are false and that thousands of voters who signed the Energy Choice petition want to withdraw their signatures because they feel they were tricked. If the Secretary of State will not intervene, Guzman says they'll take it to court. Well, that didn't take long. We already have our first panther killing of the new year. State wildlife officials say the body of a two-year-old female was discovered Thursday after she was struck and killed by a vehicle near the Spirit of the Wild Wildlife Management Area in Hendry County. 23 of the big cats were killed by vehicles last year. Florida panthers once roamed the entire southeast. There are now only about 230 of them left in a small region of South Florida near the Gulf of Mexico. 
Now, they were almost wiped out in the 80s, but wildlife officials imported a batch of new cats from Texas, and the population has been building slowly. Now the state is planning to put a new turnpike through panther territory, and a biologist at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is predicting that road will mean the extinction of Florida's official state animal. Your calendar of events begins at 9 this morning in the state capitol, where the Revenue Estimating Conference meets to discuss ad valorem revenue, what the rest of us call local property taxes. At 11 this morning, a group called Integrity Florida is holding a news conference at the Florida Press Center to release a report about ongoing attempts by the state legislature to preempt the authority of local governments. Hmm, where have we heard that before? Co-founders of the media company Axios, Jim Vanderhei and Mike Allen, will speak to the Forum Club of the Palm Beaches beginning at noon. It's happening at the Kravis Center for the Performing Arts in West Palm Beach. The Florida Board of Osteopathic Medicine is meeting by conference call at 1. And at 4.30 this afternoon, the Florida DOT is hosting an open house to discuss an interchange improvement project at Butler Boulevard and San Pablo Road. That meeting takes place on the grounds of the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. And it's time once again for the updated adventures of Florida Man, this time from opposite sides of the Sunshine State. A Florida man is busted in Escambia County after trying to pay for a hotel room with bogus $100 bills. It was a bit obvious because the counterfeit notes had Chinese writing on the back. When the clerk questioned their authenticity, 33-year-old Christopher Girth of Cantonment snatched the bills back and returned to his room. When deputies arrived, he still had the bogus bills in his pants, along with a syringe filled with heroin. Then he told them he wanted to speak to the narcotics unit about some big-time heroin dealers in northwest Florida, which frankly is not the brightest thing to say when you're about to go to jail. And finally today, a geriatric rock star has a court date after getting into a fight with a Florida man working as a security guard. Rod Stewart and his oldest son are charged with battery. The 33-year-old guard told police he was working a private event at the Breakers in Palm Beach on New Year's Eve when there was an altercation in the children's area. He says Sean Stewart shoved him and Rod Stewart, who is 74 years old, punched him in the ribs. The aging rocker has apologized for his behavior. A court hearing is scheduled next month. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee and inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.